0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.
1: Can your dear departed grandpa contact you over ham radio? Can you receive phone calls from the future? Are there trolls in Connecticut?
2: Hello and welcome to the uh, 759th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben e- Eno here on WON 1240 AM and 99.3 FM uh, with our eleventh year on the air, and uh I'm Ben, and those questions, those creepy and but oddly hilarious questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad, Paul. And uh, today we bring you a fascinating subject which we've never really dedicated an entire show to. Uh, Well, until today, at least. So uh, we welcome uh, two authors whose fame has preceded them. And uh, whether you are dead or not, you are welcome to call today. Numbers are 401-766-1240 from anywhere. And uh, you can also send emails during and after the show as well. And don't forget about those pesky Facebook messages. Coming to us via Skype today is, I hope,
1: William J. Hall, who has been on our show many times. He's the author of the paranormal bestseller, The World's Most Haunted House, The True Story of the Bridgeport Poltergeist on Lindley Street, and The Haunted House Diaries. Bill became interested in the paranormal because he wanted to debunk it, and after 25 years as a performing magician, he was professionally equipped to recognize trickery. In many paranormal cases, he has found the opposite. Jimmy Petanito began investigating cases with Anna Lorraine Warren in the 1990s, and has been an explorer of the unknown for over 30 years. A broadcaster himself, Jimmy has appeared on many television shows, including Sightings, Unsolved Mysteries, and Primetime Live. Both these fine fellows have just co-authored a ponderous and really interesting tome from New Page Books, Phantom Messages, Chilling Phone Calls, Letters, Emails, and Texts from Unknown Realms. Uh, the website for both authors at this point is halloftheparanormal.com, halloftheparanormal.com.
2: So Bill and Jimmy, welcome to Behind and the Paranormal, except just Jimmy until we get Bill. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, not you, the book. I mean, I, I don't think you're overweight or anything.
2: All
1: right. Well, anyhow, uh, take it away there, Ben.
2: Alrighty. So there are all kinds of fascinating stories in this book. So, you know, we really don't know where to begin. So why don't you give us some of your favorite cases? So let's start with you, Jimmy. Oh, the you were talking You were talking
3: about the... Uh AM radio story. Uh, yeah. So, um, this girl named MJ, her dad, Clifford, passed away in 2014. It was around Christmas time. And about a year later, she was searching in the attic for Christmas decorations, and some of her father's old treasures caught her attention. So, so, uh, there sat his, he had a hold, he had an old, um, Howard ham radio. It was a silver one from the 60s. And, uh, what happened was, um, she, she turned it on, nothing happened. And then she remembered later that the, uh, that you have to let it warm up a little bit. So she let it warm up a little bit. She went about her business. And about 20 minutes later, she heard some static coming through the, uh, radio. And then she went over to the radio to, you know, listen closer, and she heard her dad's voice call her by her childhood nickname. It said, Hi Pumpkin. And she, she couldn't believe that what she heard, so she called her husband up to see if uh, it would happen again, so he could hear it. And it did. Soon after it was static, and then uh, the unmistakable voice of her dad saying, Hi Pumpkin. And then she said, well, you know, why not ask him a question? And, he, and she said, "Are you okay?" And the the voice said, "Yes." And then uh, she said, "Are you with mom?" And she passed away years before the father, and it said, "Yes." Static followed, and there was no more uh, communication since. But that seems to be a, a common um, thing with a lot of these calls. You get a little static, and then the voice comes through.
2: Hmm. That was actually that I was, uh, was going to say is that is that a common common sort of theme throughout the whole kind of experience?
3: You know what? You want... You want we, we want to get a, a variety of different stories. And, and, like, almost everyone we talked to said, you know, the phone rang, there's a bunch of static, and then, like, a faraway voice came out. Um, we you know, Like I said, you wanted different things, but it seemed like a real common element was that static.
2: Hmm, interesting. And they always sound far away, too, huh? A
3: lot of times, yeah. A little distant, like some fishy's going on.
1: All right, uh, we have a question from a listener here. Uh Jimmy, if you want to take this, we're going to try and uh, get Bill here. Give it a
4: shot.
1: It says, uh, I don't know who this is. The Facebook name is ET Dimensions, uh, or where this person is from. But when my brother passed, I guess it's more in the way of a comment. Maybe you have some thoughts on it, Jimmy. When my brother passed, my husband and I received many calls from my brother. After he passed, I had his cell phone from the hospital. I would place it next to me just in case a friend of his called, not knowing of his passing. It would ring many times, showing his phone number on the caller ID. My other brother was nervous and told me to throw the phone away, but I looked forward to knowing my brother kept in touch, and I missed him dearly. Also, my phone would ring saying it was my husband, and at the same time, my husband would receive a call saying it was from me. I don't know who their carrier was, but they need some work. Uh, our, Our landline we have for our fax machine would call me. Uh, My printer would come on and go through the routine of printing something, but no paper came out, even though it sounded like it came out and then continued to run. My question, this is all, I mean, we hear this kind of thing all the time, so do you. Electronic equipment somehow is always involved in a lot of weird stuff um, for one reason or another. My question is, do people ever actually answer the phone and talk to the deceased person?
3: Yeah, there are, there are instances where um, it seems that the person can't communicate back and forth with the person. It never seems to be a long conversation, maybe a, a question or two. Yeah, and I'm then like there's TVP. other times it seems like the uh, the other person doesn't... They, they're speaking on the other line, but can't, don't answer or can't answer. So we have some both in there.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I have an example from, um, I guess, more or less my own experience. Uh, back when... Uh, our media company was uh, in the uh, uh, sort of uh, inadvisedly publishing books uh, we pretty much tried to give that up around 2009 because if the authors weren't rich and famous in six months it was my fault and yeah. <coughs> so uh, there was one uh, very very interesting author it was Dave Kane and he wrote a book called 41 Signs of Hope now maybe you remember in 2003 there was the terrible uh, station uh, nightclub fire in Rhode Island here and yep. uh, 100 people uh, lost their lives, and the youngest one was the son of this Dave Kane, the author of the book, and uh, the boy uh, whose name was um, uh, o- o- Nicky O'Neill was uh, somehow enamored of the number 41, actually 941, but 41 would do, and, and he kept turning up in his life. Now, after now, the day after the fire, now he, he did he was he died of apparently apparently a smoke inhalation. But it, he was long gone by the next day. Uh, his that they had his cell phone that had been recovered, and it was damaged. It really, shouldn't have worked at all. And there was his caller ID coming in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That no, this is on Dave's phone and his wife's phone. Uh, the call came in from. It said Nikki, uh, which was of course the, the son. And um, the call it would have been made. The phone it would have been ma- the call would have been made from was. Pretty much destroyed uh, in the fire, certainly, but with water damage and else from the fire hoses, things of this kind. So there's no way this physically could have occurred. Uh, there was there was communication, I suppose, in an indirect way, uh, and there still is. Um, Odd things even began to happen in my life when, when we, when I, I edited the book personally and it came out to 41 chapters. That was totally unplanned because I'm the one who divided things up into chapters, but logically it did. So, um, I, I think that I, I get the point of, um, of much of, much of what, uh, your, your people are saying here. So, I don't know if you have any comments uh, on that at all.
3: Well, yeah, we had a, um, Bill tells a story better, maybe he's the one that, um, submitted this story but it was there was the um, in 2008 there was a commuter train and it made the news and everything it was carrying um, like 200 something people and um, it crashed and one of the deceased was a guy he was uh, for like 50 years old and he was getting he was making phone calls from his phone shortly after his death of course they didn't know he died yet he was, he was in the train wreck and family members received 30, 35 phone calls from his cell phone through the night. And when they answered, all they heard was static. And when they called back, their calls went straight to voicemail. So, um... And, and then, you know, after the news got out, people... His friends and family did know he was involved with the train, and they gave him kind of hope that he was still alive, but, you know, trapped somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, but later, the, um the uh, search crews tried to find the whereabouts of the phone through the signal and the calls were the call searchers finally found his body about an hour after all the calls from his cell phone stopped but they also uh, discovered that he died on impact. Wow. So he obviously wasn't calling himself. Um, his phone continued to reach out to many of the people that were close to him as close friends and family members not like you know the the uh, hairdresser down the street, or the you know the store—they're all calling as family members, and it seems like they're trying to reach out. But sometimes, sometimes it seems like they reach out and you and get the static, like you said. Or sometimes they're able to say something.
1: Yeah. Barring any technical glitch that would have the phone, you know, do that on its own. Um, what what do you think is uh, the process? The uh, and we had a few words about this yesterday. The process. That that might be responsible for phenomena of this kind.
3: I think we're just learning because it's so new. Like, I remember there was that book um, when I was a kid. I at all these books. Uh, it was, I think it was called Tele, like, Phone Calls from the Dead." Yes, I think I think it was the first of its kind. Yeah, it was a classic. As as I, yeah, as soon as I saw that cover, I wanted it on my shelf. <laughs> and um, like back then, like that was new. So right now, like with the emails and cell phones and. Text messages like this is new. So hopefully, in twenty years, maybe it's gonna gonna figure it out a little more.
1: Yeah, uh, that's quite interesting. the uh, the, the notion of uh, other forms of communication uh, comes up in your book: uh, emails, texts, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I'm just intrigued by um, by that. Of course, can you give us some examples of that?
3: Just other forms of communication. Um, how about hi, guy Bill
1: Hall. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Great, Bill is here. Now we can start the yeah, show. We had, we had, All right. Yeah, we had a pulp, we had a pulpit Skype. Okay. Bill.
3: We were just talking about not phone calls, but other communications from unknown realms, such as text messages, computer messages. You know, other than oh, phone yeah. calls. Do you have an example of one of those that you'd like to share with us?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I would, I would say. Um, well, there's two in particular that stick out, and uh, and you know, I'm sure we have other cases uh, in the book on it too, but the text messages between uh, the mother and daughter where the grandmother interrupts and sends a photo that's not on either of their phones. That and, was a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a fascinating part of the phenomenon. Sometimes it's uh, the whatever reaches out, and other times it's uh, you know an interruption of an existing conversation, you know, as as we've seen in you know Mothman prophecies and, other, and even in the alien you know uh, area the phenomena. So that's one that sticks out. Uh, the The other one, uh, one of the more po- we did include some classic cases, although most of our cases have never <clears throat> been in print before, but. Um, one of the classic cases with uh, Jack it's one of Jimmy's favorite too and that's uh, he, he was young too I think he was like 32 or something and he he ended up dying um, unexpectedly and he started uh, and there was emails that started to be uh, received by family members um, talking in his voice if you will you know in intact so you know of course they looked and see hey is this account hacked or anything they you know they couldn't find any evidence of it or why anyone would you know want to even hack it and uh one of the conversations in particular with a friend they were up in the attic and uh and they're talking about doing some remodeling and he said uh he said you got to clean your FN attic and so when he sent him the email uh he said hey you got to clean your FN attic and oh by the way watch out because uh you know you're gonna take a spill or something and then yeah oh he said he uh he said exactly, uh, you know, what the the injury was, and then, you know, weeks later it happened. So, um, and, and, of course, as we see in a lot of these cases, they appear to have a time slip element because, I mean, I always interpret a lot, you know, and Paul and Ben, you guys are, Jimmy, you know, we're probably all on the same page with this, is we never know. You know, we say predicting the future, but, uh, you know, if the multiverse is at work, for example, it could be somebody simply looking back to the past you know that's you know so we don't really know you know we talk about predicting the future because it's where we are in time but you know that's another fascinating part of the cases that uh, but those are two with you know uh, email and text we had we had one with a magnetic doodle board um I don't intercom, even know what that is yeah speakers uh just about anything in the old days uh, uh, you know Morse code. They said, but you know, Bill. You Morse know what's really cool
3: about time. the the first one you talked about the uh, the woman and the the mother talking on the phone. This was a story yeah. about uh, um, a, um, a daughter who just went through she's just went through a, a bad marriage. She was at work and she's having a terrible time at work. It was, just, she said it was she said she was a, her worst to the worst, and she was talking to her mother on her break through text, and the mother used a computer to, to so they text back and forth. The mother the daughter had a phone so in the middle of their texting back and forth all of a sudden the, the grandmother who passed away's picture appeared on their messages and the the mother you know the daughter says oh mom that's a really nice picture of grandma or whatever and she goes she goes where'd you get it and she goes I didn't send it like it, it, neither of them take credit for sending it and they don't know how to get on the phone and the, and the, and the mother and, said i don't even have it, that on it on my computer, computer or phone. yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah she checked the, the mother's computer figuring she just sent it by accident
3: it was like a photo she, they have yeah, in the house or something you know like a framed picture yeah
1: uh bill is that the picture you referred to when you first began to speak and referred to it a, a photo that had not existed is that the same one the same case
0: uh, photos that had not exist, I believe so. Okay. It may have been, I don't know.
1: All right, I have a bunch of questions. Um, ben may have some more as well. Uh, let's start at the beginning with this. <coughs> now, you obviously were not personally involved in a lot of these cases, so you, you would have no control over this, but, uh, <coughs> excuse me, what steps were taken to verify that this was actually someone texting or emailing or even calling and not some kind of hacker? Or, 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 or was that even possible? Uh, I
0: would, I mean, in most cases, it was, not all cases it was possible. I mean, 70, I think it's 72% of our cases had witnesses. Uh, we were played voicemails. so I mean, some of this stuff was captured, uh, which was interesting. Um, now, uh, and uh, I think one or two of the actual Phantom Message cases were Jimmy's, so he was there. Uh, and there were some where there were no witnesses and, you know, for that we, you know, we, we can only say, hey, this is interesting and, you know, these people certainly appear like, you know, they have no reason to, you know, uh, to, to lie, whether they were misinterpreting. You know, that's when we went to uh, electronics people and, you know, we had people look at the cases and say, hey, how could this happen by computer, by this, by that? But we, we couldn't get anyone that really had any information that yeah, uh, no,
1: uh, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I mean, I people yeah. Yeah. something to I work out no, for the future. I both know. You know I
0: both. have
3: four guys that I work with for cellular phone companies at work, and I asked them all. I said, "Hey, you know, we're writing a book about this stuff, and you guys could really help out with your, you know, expertise on explaining how some of these would happen." And, and I'd show them the examples, and it's like, unless they're lying, they can't happen. Like especially when they have information from... They give you information from their old cell number or um, stuff like that. They, they, they said they couldn't even... Give me an explanation of how it might happen by accident. So they didn't help at all.
0: Uh, and, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we had a case where uh, the son was receiving calls from the dad's old office which no longer existed, and hmm. the number wasn't even in service.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's another question for, for both of you. I'll, I'll ask uh, Bill first and then Jimmy. Uh, how... Many of these cases, uh, or if any, involve people who... Is this all people who died yesterday, or uh, do people receive uh, some of these messages from people who've been um, translated, fallen out of time, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, for like 8 or 10 years? How far back does it go?
3: Phil, how about 200?
1: 200? <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, tell us about that. that. Like
0: 400 years. Bob, Bob Linson, yeah, but... Um, but, no, uh, you know, we did look at, uh, you know, bereavement, hallucinations and things like that. And um, uh, a lot of the, the interesting part about these cases is you have, you have, well, you have a few different things. You have people who are talking to people who are dead they don't know they're dead. Um, and then when they find no, out they're means. dead, the call ends or, or, you know, from either side, depending on, you know, what's going on. And then you have uh, people who had somebody pass that... You know that it was a while later, most months later. You know, was was not. Now you could, of course, have a second run of bereavement during that time. But you know these these were these were people going about their business. These weren't people looking for stuff. Um, that's why we tr- we define Santa messages as direct uh, and unexpected. You know, we didn't want a book full of people going out with machines and graveyards. You know, and then finding. All sorts of voices on their EVP. You know, we wanted people who were going about their business. Um, you know, like and and even when Verizon themselves had to publicly answer to a few of these cases, they had uh, they had no explanation. Uh, the the most famous one of those is uh, Charles Pack, who uh, died instantly in the first train uh, in, a, in, a, in the big uh, MetroLink crash a few years back, and he. Um, uh, well, there was calls from his phone, uh, over 35 of them, about I don't know a few an hour, and and all to his loved ones. And you know they would call back and get his voicemail. They they never found the phone, but they uh, but through tracing the phone, they found his body, which was in the first car. And that's when uh, he was declared dead on impact. He wouldn't have lived even for a minute. And what, was, what fascinates us about that particular case is not only could the phone company not answer it, not only did he definitely die in contact, but what was weird is, of course, his contacts have all sorts of people in them. You know, it has friends, it has business associates, it has, you know, the run-of-the-mill, you know, person's phone, you know, Verizon, you know, everything. But all of the calls, every single one, only went to the close family members. No calls went to the hairdresser or anybody else. The only calls that were made the entire night, about 35, were just the closest loved ones.
1: All right. Uh, now, you know how skeptical uh, we are about any sort of contact with right. the quote-unquote dead. First of all, our belief right. is if they're dead, they'd be dead. They wouldn't be doing or saying anything, let alone using electronic equipment. So th- and so we don't really believe in death. Uh, you, you know the whole spiel, how, how we think. Uh, the, oh, yeah. You know, parallel... Oh, yeah parallel yeah. facets of people and alternative worlds and all this business uh, which is I think quite feasible uh, yeah. so, so what about um, the, uh, the the question I'll go back to the question about people who passed way back and would not know how to use electronic equipment how, how do you suppose that works
0: um, well the, the most famous uh well I say most famous, the most extreme case of Phantom Messages would have to be uh, the Dodlinson England case, um, um, back in the eighties where um, they were young, Ken uh Deb Oaks and Ken Webster, they were young living together in this uh, cottage uh in Dodlinson and uh they started renovating and you know lifting up to the original flooring and everything and uh they ended up having a friend stay with them and uh he brings the computer home for her to type some stuff at and he was going to type some band stuff on because he's in a band but you yeah, know, it had no of course internet or anything like that and there was a weird file on it and they opened it up and it was just this bizarre old english you know writing yeah i remember uh, this but it yeah but it had his you know their names in it and stuff, and you know, and and they brought it to be translate, you know, translate and everything. And these messages would appear very quickly back and forth as they corresponded in Old English. So you know, at first, court you know, they thought it was the whole He thought it was his bandmates just messing with them. You know, they didn't know what it was. Um, so they, you know, they isolated. They tried to research. It. You know, they did their own little thing, and uh, it got weirder and weirder and there was some poltergeist-ish activity you know furniture stacked up and uh you know uh, cans stacked up stuff like that too and it ends up they're communicating to make a long story short it's a fascinating case but we revisited it um by of course now we have computers we you know we could really research into some of the things that were talked about and facts and uh that's an interesting case because um uh, they, well, they had two teams investigators and one, one said, no, it's not real, but they didn't know how it was done. Okay. They just made their mind up. Yeah, they said yeah. it wasn't real. It must be the neighbor or something. They're like, well, you need a big van with all this equipment to, you know. Yeah. To, to be able to, you know. And, and again, this, this person was answering in old English very quickly. I mean, you know, even if you were pretty good at it, it was like, it was even faster than typing. So, you know, when we talk about, well, how does this happen, I don't believe this, uh, this guy uh, that they're communicating with, they, or one of the people of one of the things, uh, whose name was Thomas, he, uh, he was um, uh, supposedly living in that cottage 400 years ago, mm-hmm. and he was wondering why, the, why they were in his house and uh you know his the girl he was courting was of course becoming quite annoyed, and you know this this whole thing's playing out, and it's like you know it's very multiversal, at least it looks that way because he's going they're going upon they're both going upon their life, and they're intersecting here mm-hmm. and they ask him they, they said, "Well, how are you you know communicating with yeah. us you know and he said well and, and he tells them he has this light box, and the light box does it, but um we don't think one time the girlfriend his girl he was courting i don't think they call him girlfriend then i don't know but (laughs) she was singing and, and what she was singing and her that whole experience deb had in a dream but of course they they all remember it happening like she really visited that time almost amazing um yeah, and 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 that links to um, actually I, uh, even one of your cases Paul or at least one of the living haunting the living where we see somebody having a dream and they're having this nightmare and meanwhile somebody in another house is being haunted by them and meanwhile they're having a nightmare because these people are screaming at them you know and then if the two ever meet you know you get this oh my god you know you're not dead yeah. you're haunting me in your life so anyhow uh, so you have this back and forth, and they said they got the light box. This guy said, "They said, you know, where'd you get the light box?" He's, and the guy said, "I don't know if he said a hole. Yeah, it was like a hole, or the, the wall opened up, and the devil himself walked out." But but then, I realized he was not the devil at all. So, so and and it's, you know, the typical kind of alien, you know, description of the bringing of the light box, and of course, in his time, he's saying, I thought it was the devil, and then he's saying, no, the guy, you know, the thing was not, you know, negative or evil, or, you know, he brought me this light box, and, you know, it's a big, long story, but we revisited it with uh, Gary Rowe, who... um, he did his own investigation. Where he used his own computer, he, you know, he put a shield around. He was there. He did it all. And uh, so, for the first time, he um, he he really talked about it. It was an experience that changed his life. He thought it was a hoax from the beginning.
1: Yeah.
0: And he was in fact he was a little bit mad that they even called him in. Uh, but Ken, you know, Ken often complained that that uh, he complained about some of the things that happened to them because to tell the truth made them sound crazier you know what I mean if you're just dealing with fiction well you know real cases stuff happens that you really wouldn't write in science fiction you know what I mean it's almost like too outlandish or it doesn't fit you know so you wouldn't write it but of course truth you can't control that
1: yeah well we're going to take our uh, break here and uh, we'll be right back you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 uh, A.M. and 99.3 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with Bill Hall, Jimmy Petanino, and The Dead in a minute. Stick with us.
3: Hi, this is Joe Callahan. Join me weekday mornings 5 to 8 for the ON Morning Fun Show. We'll have local news, state news, national news, Lou Mandeville on sports, great music, fun features, and trivia. Weekday mornings 5 to 8 on ON 1240,
0: O O N One Socket Radio.
4: ON Radio, ON Worldwide.
1: And we're back, Behind the Paranormal, uh, today with Bill Hall and Jimmy Pedanito and their amazing book, which I will... Hold up to the camera there, Ben, uh, whichever camera is handy. Uh, phantom handy. messages. Okay. And uh, we were talking about a fascinating case in the 80s uh, before we took our break, and uh, Bill was uh, was explaining that, um, that. Usually I would be very wary about a couple of things, okay? Now, this may very well be exactly what it appears to be. <laughs> ben, ben you're, you're hamming it up. Uh, and that's, um, that. first of all, Old English. Um, Unless you study it, people today wouldn't understand it. Uh, Old English would be way before, probably the 1400s, and then uh, Middle English would come after that, a little more understandable. But how how did they understand? Oh, oh, oh understand? I guess
0: I guess it was Middle English because it wasn't 1400s. It was uh, it, uh, it was supposed to be 1600s, 1500s. Years ago, so, yeah, yeah, all yeah, right, 1500s. I okay, 15 or 1600s. They they were a little iffy on the. Yeah, you know, the time period, and yeah. they did not. They were not. Yeah, they were not able to read it easily. They, they, you know, even the English teacher that they brought it to, because he was a high school teacher. Uh, that guy had to bring other people in, and he had to, okay,
1: like, right? That explains. Yeah, things. but uh, anyhow, after sixteen hundred, we could probably more or less get by, but before that, it would be uh, touch and go. <laughs> all right, all right.
0: Um, oh no, I, can't, I, can't, I can I could I could tell you from the writings, they're not. In, uh, most of them are not easy to understand A few okay. are, but most are like I don't know what he just said yeah.
2: right. uh, Ben has a question I do um, So I, I, was, I was reading through uh, A couple of chapters of your book And they, I, I like that you guys kind of did an analysis At the end, like other phenomena The frequency of it and stuff like that But did you guys look into any sort of um, other, other things that were going on Seemingly unrelated, you know Like electrical issues, <laughs> like electrical leaks Groundwater, high tension wires Or anything like that
0: yeah, I mean, we always, we always ask, yeah, you know, Jimmy, of course, he's been doing this longer than, than I, than I've ever been, uh, doing it, uh, that way, but, you know, we both, and of course, I was taught by the best, Mr. Eno, but, uh, <laughs> no, actually Ben, but no, <laughs> yes. but, uh, yeah, yeah, but no. But, yeah, we always go to you know was anything happening the family you know what was happening? what were you doing just before this? you know that kind of thing, just to say, "Oh well, I left and I was stressed, and you know that's when I heard this voice, or you know what I mean we you know we try to make sure that it's clean, if you will, you know and and in some of these cases, uh they were really um really great examples of phantom messages, and, you know, there's a few that are po- within poltergeist cases. But, yeah, that's why I want to the, do the characteristics, because uh, we know phantom messages are part of many, uh, you know, paranormal experiences, and there were some that, you know, we wanted to include because they were, you know, bizarre within, like, a poltergeist case or whatever. Um, but uh, then there are others that we wanted to include that were completely standalone, out of the blue, and and again, um, you know, definitely not all departed loved ones. I mean, geez, even 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 in that chapter, there's some really weird uh, cases. But um, but uh, you know, but also the time slips and the UFO phenomena, which you know, a lot of those have similarities and differences. And we thought it'd be cool to look at those. You know.
1: Yeah, no, th- there's there's such a variety of stuff in this book. Speaking of the book, let's take a moment now before we burn up the hour to uh, talk about your your website, your book, uh, and where and your other books, and where people can get hold of these. And Jimmy, too, uh, you as well, and also your, your show, which I've been on, uh, I think once or twice. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs>
3: All right, Jimmy, you go with your show, Jimmy. Oh, the um, my show is called The Haunted Chronicles. It airs 8 p.m. Eastern. On Friday nights, and my co-host is Jennifer Running of Ghostbusters, and we talk about all
0: sorts of stuff. Yeah, she that's was that blonde girl that would never date me in high school. That's Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez.
1: All right, very good. Well, <laughs> that's
3: on Paramania Radio, if I didn't say that.
1: Outstanding. All right, Bill?
0: And you're, you're, um, you, we have uh, we have special launch packages and uh, autograph books uh, that you can get. Phantom messages in my other books, but uh, uh, you can get a Phantom message launch package at Hall of the Paranormal h a l l of the paranormal.com. and we even include free uh, free surprises uh, and uh, uh, Jimmy calls them treats. Yeah, that will last for generations with proper
1: care. Okay, uh, those are the bobbleheads, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: No, I guess not. All yeah, right. of you
0: and Ben. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Alrighty, so, Continuing off my last question, um, so, if if you did look into every every single portion, what were, besides, you know, the staticky voices and and distant, distant voices and such, what are the, are there any similarities between the types of people that it affected, similarities between the places that it affected, um, you know, whether they happen to be in cities, outside of cities, whether they happen to be near rivers, whether they happen to be near high-tension wires, or, any similarities in the technology you know was were they from a certain time period certain decade were they old new did, did it matter
3: as uh, far as go you, ahead, one, Joe. you want to take that? Well, go ahead. I didn't ask I didn't I mean they, these the stories we got there are um, there's about 50 or 60 stories in there and what do you say about 75% are brand new ones that we got on our own and they, they right they, right
0: they, we, we probably rejected what we Probably rejected enough for ten books.
3: Yeah, hmm. but um, a, a lot of them, you know. The, so it's people that have been dying to tell their story that they never had an opportunity. So a lot of, these all your cases happened in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and you know, present as far as years. I didn't ask about any rivers or anything.
1: Okay, I see what you did there. Uh, I, people dying to tell their story. Dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know, I I can tell you just just from. Just from looking up, even in all the uh, you know the research outside of our own cases, I didn't see any similarity at all. I, I, I thought uh, that's actually that's actually one of the things that got us started on the book. Is okay? There was phone calls from the dead, but are they texting now? Are they emailing? Are they writing letters? Or, of course, we know they're writing letters to the Donna's place from Haunted House Diaries. Paul, you're you know you're in Ben's case yeah uh you know we know they write letters uh, <laughs> and she also had a phone call of uh what appeared to be a past event um so but no i i i don't see i mean there could be some similarities but you know i I would say even if it, it just i mean some of these like uh the, there's a train track one where it's not right you know you can say there's train wires but um that there's uh there's ones that take place. People living in the, you know, the country, the city, all over. You know, from the Netherlands, from the States, from England, from you know, all over, and all technology. And and in looking back, it, it appeared that it's been that way all the time. Okay. You know, whether it's more more yeah, code it, or whether it's a letter or whether it's you know. Um.
1: Okay, uh, Jimmy, do you want to add something?
3: No, I was just—I'm trying to find similarities for you because that was your question. Yeah, but there—there there were a couple of people, like coincidentally, that were, um, and we—like I said, we wanted to stay away from EVPs, people that were trying to get voices. But we did have a couple people that were investigating at the time, you know, supposedly haunted location, and got uh, messages through speakers or the radio when they weren't in- intending to.
1: Hmm. One of the issues that, and, and Bill is familiar with this. I'm sure you two are as well, Jimmy. Is is that uh, we question the origins of many of this informa- much of this information <coughs> is what is communicating with you actually what it ap- what it appears to be or what it claims to be? And we ask this of mediums all the time, and we get various answers. Um, did Did anyone question in in some of your cases? Did anyone question whether this really was what it claimed to be, uh, especially when you know again with electronic communications, and then I'd like to hear about the, the written letters that people received. So well, I guess that's two questions.
3: Bill, I could say so. I think if I understand your question, um, there was the the haunted cable box story, which was my own uh, case we sure. we investigated. Mm-hmm. The um, th- this is a long story, so I'll try to keep it short. But the family, uh, their cable box, back in the 90s when it just had went from zero to 72 or whatever, um, their, their box started flipping out and, and, and going to random stations by itself, and they figured it was a, a problem with the cable company or whatever. And uh, it happened repeatedly, and one of the family members suggested that uh, you, it might be our uh, cousin that committed suicide last week trying to communicate and, and let's say that one channel 1 equals A and channel Z equals 26. So as soon as they said that, it went to channels 25, 5, then 19. And it, it, um, it using that code, that spells yes. So using that code, they were just asking the TV questions, and it would go to random stations, seemingly random, but then they'd write them all down, write the answers down, and then they'd go decipher them later, and it told this big long story about it gave a person's name, he was murdered in the apartment, and, and details, social security number, and uh, and the, they called the police, actually, after a while, and then that person never existed. So whoever the, the, they don't know who they were talking to after that. Yeah. You know, it's like,
1: yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, there's that as a problem, and then there's the issue of... Uh, I've always had a problem with the notion that as soon as somebody dies, they automatically know everything and can control the environment and can be super beings, you know, to help their families or to hurt other people. I, I don't yeah. buy that. I've never found it to be the case. And, I've, and and when it does appear to be the case, it's usually, um, you know, parallel. Well, the intersect point where the, whatever's doing it has no idea that it's doing it or it's a parasite. At, at least that's my experience. As I say, I may, I may be wrong. Uh, but, again, I'm, I'm just a little bothered by all How? – what is the process by which people – can interface you know, when they're in a parallel world I mean when you dropped out of time quote unquote died whatever translated you're in um, a parallel world where you, may ne- where you didn't die and all this business how do they interface with somebody's TV set or cable box I mean I, I don't maybe nobody knows right. the answer to that maybe it's legit maybe it's not I don't know what say you
3: but obviously for some yeah. reason it must be easier for them to communicate with electronics for some reason. Like I said, maybe in a, in a few years down the road it'll be even easier and you can get direct communication back and forth. That's Bill? Perhaps.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what we found in a few cases? And this I found, uh, you know, it wasn't like, oh, it's in every case. or whatever. But there were a few cases where, and this is in the case of loved ones, where, uh, you know, they would call, for example, and they would say, um, you know, I'm supposed to have permission. But they didn't get permission, and they weren't concerned at all about having permission. I found that to be fascinating. Yeah, it permission. wasn't in a lot of cases, and, it, and there also were a few cases in the original, uh, you know, D. Scott Rogo and, and you know, and Ray, you know, in that uh, in that researcher, there were cases where, where that happened too. Again, it wasn't maybe it was ten percent. I don't, know, you know, if I had to throw out a number, and they would say that I'm supposed to have permission, blah blah blah, and it looked like. In those cases, they didn't have permission, and like I said, there was no concern about not having permission. So then, I don't know. My mind goes to the whole—I don't know. It could—they could be in a different culture, different. It could be an extraterrestrial. Sure, sure. Thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who, who the heck knows? But it looks in those few cases, it was mentioned. Uh, there, there is one famous case where a mother died, and and you know, they used the daughter and the mother would talk every day. at at four, you know, in the afternoon, they'd have a conversation. And she continued to call for like a year and a half after she died. And, you know, when the daughter daughter realized she was dead, yeah, well, of course, realized she was dead, obviously, you know. But the calls then started and continued. And, um, and she didn't know what to do, so she just kept talking to her mother like, you know, like it was regular stuff. I wonder is- going on. You
3: know, that is and, an interesting question, <laughs> because, like, as soon as you die, it's like, oh, I know that I could use the phone to communicate with mom, so I'll go figure that out and do it.
1: Okay, we have a caller yeah. uh, at this point, <laughs> and uh, according to our distinguished producer, it is uh, none other than Susan Spooler from West, West uh, Westford, Massachusetts, who is the organizer of the upcoming New England Greater New England UFO Conference, at uh, which Bill and I are speaking, and Ben as well. Susan, welcome to the show. And Jimmy, he did not know it yet. And oh, okay. Uh, we got Susan there. Let's
3: talk about that later. She
0: should be
1: there. Oh, okay. Wait
0: for it.
1: Uh, Can you hear me now? Oh, there we go. Yeah, Susan. Yeah. Uh, we got hi, you.
0: hi, hi.
4: It's a pleasure hi, to be Susan. here. Thank you. Hey, hi. hey, Bill. Hi, everybody. Hi, Brian. Uh, hey. hi. I wanted to. I wanted to um, ask Bill if Bill was if he was going to be speaking about this new book at uh, at our Greater New England UFO conference.
0: Yes, and I want to bring Jimmy with me, if that's okay.
1: Oh,
4: sure. Oh, I'd
0: love good. to meet Jimmy. Put her on the that, spot.
1: That's <laughs> what we do on this show. We bring people together.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just okay. going to throw him in the car and tell, and tell him we were going for coffee, but wow. I figured it might be better just to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a
4: week, it's a weekend
0: event,
4: so. <laughs> this sounds exciting. you are yeah, yeah, in one of these, this conference.
1: <laughs> all right, one at a time. Uh, Susan, uh, tell us about the, well, we're going to be announcing it in a minute anyway, but tell us uh, oh, all good. about the event.
4: Well, it's, um, it's on Saturday, New, uh, October. I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday, uh, October 5th and 6th. The website is www.newenglandufo.com. It's in Lemonster City Hall in Massachusetts. It's from 6 to 9 on Friday night, October 5th, and that will be Bigfoot night. Then on Saturday, October 6th, it's um, starting at 8 a.m. and goes till 6 p.m., We'll be having the, uh, and the phenomenal Bill Hall, as well as um, the the world-renowned Bill uh, Paul and Ben Eno. Uh, Dave McCullough and Alexander Petikov will speak on Friday night about all things Bigfoot. And, and, and um, Paul, you and uh, Ben will probably be speaking as well, and we'll have a panel discussion.
1: Uh, yes, we're, we're going to be speaking on Friday evening about uh, Bigfoot, uh, fle- flesh and blood, or something else. And okay. then... Saturday we'll be speaking uh, on uh, U- aliens. With, or, or, what's the exact how? With or without UFOs? What exactly It'll is an alien? So it's yeah, two different things. Excellent. Uh,
4: Shane Surah, Um Soraya will one of your uh, other folks that speaks on your show will be um, one of our speakers, as well as Joe Citro coming down from Vermont.
1: That'll be great.
4: Yes, that will be amazing. And Mark Antonio will be our keynote speaker. I'm very excited about that
1: absolutely amazing and that's a tremendous lineup if we say so ourselves
4: thank you especially thank
1: you. Mark and uh, oh it really came together well Susan we can't wait and thank you for yeah, the call
4: absolutely I
1: can't wait to see you guys in a few weeks look forward to it
4: great job you guys thanks a bunch all right, right.
1: okay there we go Susan's always good for uh, getting us um, excited about things I think so uh, oh yeah alright so, so uh, Bill and Jimmy that'll be great if you can be up there um I'm just wondering, um, just to sort of continue that theme, uh, what to other phenomena? And you did mention this during the communications in England in the 80s with the uh, person from the 16th century before. Uh, what other phenomena? You mentioned poltergeist activity taking place. What other cases can you uh, recall that have had other uh, phenomena seemingly not related to the actual communication, but to taking place in the in the venue or in the in the home or wherever.
0: Well, uh, I, I don't know if this directly answers it, but I think it's a fascinating, I think it kind of does, fascinating area of uh, Phantom Messages is our section, even though a lot of stuff outside of it also is like that, but the, about time slips. And this, this was, these were the ones that really, I don't know about Jimmy, these are the ones that, well, they all did, but these were the ones that really struck me, is when you get a phone call and you hear an event happen, and instinctively you know there's something about it. Like there was one, uh, um, that we titled Calls from the Future Predict 9-11. This guy starts getting these calls every morning. He's hearing metal clanking and, you know, people screaming. Wow. And he has this incredi- an incredible, horrifying feeling. Now, you know, if you hear some sounds on a machine, I mean, it's not going to make you feel that way. You know, you're not going to go, oh, we've all seen horror movies. You, you hear some weird noises, and you're like, all right, whatever. But instinctively, the, you know, this was weird, you know, So and they get them every morning. And then, of course, he recorded them, and he, you know, played them to a the family member. One family member couldn't even listen to it. People burst into tears. It was like they just knew there was something w- wrong about it. And then the morning of 9-11... Uh, he got one more call. I think it was an hour before. Same thing, metal clashing, and then nine eleven happened, and he never got another call again. Wow. And um, I think he even I think he even switch I think he even switch yeah he switched cell phones in the process too to stop the call. So it was, right. it was a real and and there's a number of cases like that. Um, the uh, the the one where uh, uh, i my boyfriend heard himself die in the phone that he picks up the phone and he hears himself what he instinctively knows is himself of course you know if i picked up if i if i picked up the phone and heard somebody on a respirator i wouldn't be scared you know what i mean but he picks up the phone he hears this person on a respirator he instinctively knows it's him and he, you know, he tells his girlfriend he's getting these calls, and she listens to it and says, "Oh my God!" She instinctively knows it's him, and, and two months later, he dies. Wow! Uh, so the
1: t- you know the time slip ones,
0: you know, and then Donna's, you know, Donna and uh, you know
1: the in the Litchfield Triangle case in Connecticut, yeah. yeah, the
0: county, yeah, the county, you know, she had that call, and Donna described it the same way. She said, you know, it was a, like a mayday from a. Uh, like from a very old time you know uh, that something was wrong on the ship and you know it's an emergency and you know and instinctively she saying i you know i don't think that was the tv in the background or something it just of course in that house could be anything
1: you know yeah <laughs> but, oh yeah absolutely uh, the, i think we could time hearing maybe of event,
0: the, yeah the hearing of events is something i i i didn't even expect to discover
1: yeah i mean that, that's it's it's wild uh Ben if you do you have any more questions because
2: yeah you know, we're kind of coming down to the wire here. Okay,
1: I just wanted to ask very very quickly uh in 25 words or less what should people do if they receive what they believe is one of these messages?
3: I would want I would want to try to tell them to record it and get witnesses so um uh, you know they can get other obviously for verification
0: bill and uh yeah, whatever you do, don't tell the people they are dead if they are ha- if if it's somebody who died, don't so tell you're, them they're dead because they're dead. Stop <laughs> and try to figure out. Yeah, yeah, once they realize they're dead, that they, they, they no longer call for some reason, but or it at least appears that way. We don't have enough, you know, I, I think you need a lot of data to really get that, but that's what I would say. Yeah, don't right. tell them they're dead because, you know, that'll scare them off.
1: Okay, very good. Well, fellas, uh, great book, great show. Thank you so much, and we'll look forward to seeing you in Lemonster in a few weeks.
0: Thanks, fellas. Thank you.
1: All right, Finally got very to
0: good. talk to you, Paul. Jeez.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get it together, Bill. Don't worry about it. All
0: right. Yeah, I know. It's been crazy.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye then. Okay, uh, as we have been saying on Columbus Day weekend, uh, October 5th and 6th, that's a Friday and Saturday, we, along with many of the great guests you have heard on this show, including the ones you just heard, We'll be at the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts, uh, <coughs> organized by the great Susan Spooler, whom, also, whom you also heard on the show today. Uh, ben and I will speak twice on Friday evening, not to be repetitive, but traditionally that's Bigfoot Night at this conference. Our subject will be Bigfoot, Flesh and Blood, or something else. Uh, on Saturday, we'll address... Uh, with or without UFOs, what exactly is an alien? Find out more at newenglandufo.com.
2: dot com. And then we'll be back at the uh, Danbury, Connecticut uh, Public Library once again on Saturday, October thirteenth. Uh, from uh, that is the third annual Western uh, Connecticut UFO Conference. You can watch paranormal dot com for more information, or you can visit uh, danburylibrary.org. dot com or dot org. Right.
1: Okay, uh, my next book, Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeists, Parasites, and Parallel Worlds, has gone to the publisher. Uh, Ben is not on the byline because he uh, wasn't born yet. Most has happened. Uh, I'm told it won't be released for another year for the Schiffer Books Fall, Winter, 2019, 2020 catalog, but we'll keep you posted, and I hope it will certainly be worth waiting for. Our 2016 book behind the paranormal everything you know is wrong is finally available uh as an ebook on uh, Amazon Kindle and Apple iTunes it's also available in stores and if you write to we, we uh, would it, well okay but if you um, visit behindtheparanormal.com or newenglandghosts.com uh you can get the book there and we'll be happy to autograph them for you uh and again you can get all our books in print form as well check
2: those websites And at BehindTheParanormal.com, you can find out more about our show, our uh, cases over the years, our public appearances, and you'll find nearly 800 free recorded shows from our 10 years on the air, uh, including our four and a half year run on CBS. Uh, along with special shows and podcasts. yeah, Actually, I think it, I think it just did hit 800. So. Oh, there we go. Uh,
1: also on, the, on our website, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted. We also just put uh, a, a, um, American Red Cross uh, Help the Victims of Hurricane Florence uh, link on, right on the main page there with our events. And uh, please do that if you can. The Red Cross is a charity we happen to trust. Uh, we also trust usacares.org, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Helping Haiti's Orphans, and Youth Mentoring connect, connect, Connection in Los Angeles, um, youthmentoring.org. Doing, uh, Tony org doing great stuff out there. Uh, so, Ben, what's in the fridge for next week?
2: So, next uh, week, that's September 23rd, uh, we talk about underwater UFOs or uh, USOs with uh, researcher Preston Denton, or, uh, Dennett. Uh, if you have questions or would like to share your own experiences, you can email paul at com. Please include your first name and where you're from, and don't forget about Facebook messages.
1: Right, and uh, I have one or two stories of my own to share about that from uh, Puerto Rico about a number of years ago. Uh, the same trip I ran into the ferries, there was a USO story that came out of the water, so to speak, and I'll talk a little bit about that. So uh, we'll leave you this afternoon with a very true statement from that old sweetheart, Socrates. The only true wisdom is in knowing that you know nothing. As we say, everything you know is wrong. So, uh,
2: there we are. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you Behind the Paranormal.
0: Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.